Hello, welcome everyone to PRT Paranormal Roundtable. I'm your host, Josh Turner, also known as Wolf, and uh, with me is my trusted companion and friend, Tony. We're not really friend, you're my godson. Kind of forced to be. I thought we were friends, but I guess I was wrong. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, okay, whatever. (laughs) That means a lot to me now, okay? It opens up a lot of. It makes a lot of sense is what I'm oh trying to say. All right. I don't know how many times I've seen in the comments about you bullying me and I never Bull, realized it. Oh my it gosh. Because I just what grew up What comments with it. about you? Oh, geez. What comments were they, were people that I was bullying I you? I saw them, okay. Okay. And you, you, you might have deleted you them. felt them okay. too. I'm sure you deleted them to get rid of them. You, you felt them too. You have synesthesia. They were the color blue. Exactly. The comments were made were red. They smelled blue. like pain and torture. That's right? what it that, that's what it boils down to. They made a burning sensation in my mouth when for <laughs> reading them. Exactly. Guys, okay, so anyways, enough of that. I hope everybody's making it okay. Um <clears throat> uh, the the email address is doswolfman88 at gmail.com. Doswolfman88 at gmail.com. Send us your strange and unusual weird stories, which we we've also, gotten a lot of lately. Yeah. I was going to say, we also have a website, prtpodcast.com, prtpodcast.com. We have a lot of cool stuff on there, our merch store. We have a nice little art section. You know, If you have some beautiful art you want to send to us, you can just submit it there, and then you can have everyone see it. Yep. We have our episodes on there, You know, like I said, our merch store, our PayPal. We got really cool sweatshirts and T-shirts. We got all of ours in, Yeah, and they look really cool. I like the way Printful did a good job. Actually, we might be expanding the store at a, at a later time and include more different types of merchandise. Um, some new designs, stuff like that. Yeah. We, a friend of mine has another really big talk show, a lot bigger than mine. Mine's a little bitty thing compared to his. His literally 10 times the size of mine. But yeah, he has kind of turned me on to some ideas or whatever. He's been helping me out along the way. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we it, also, um, if you, you know, can't, if you're on YouTube and you want to find all that stuff, we have it in our description. It's all the links are down there. From you know, in every episode, we always keep our everything that we need on our links, right down in the description, right down there. So please check it out if you uh, if you want to find it easy. So I guess what 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 we're going to talk about today, we hadn't really decided. So I'm just going to go. I'm just going to let it flow. <clears throat> there is a uh, topic that keeps coming up that we've been getting a lot of. And me and Tony discussed it before the show. What is that topic, Tony? Rakes. Rakes. Yes. And rakes are very important because like if you need to get rid of the leaves in your yard or if you need to cut, what are you shaking your head for? Well, I was just thinking like, you know, I don't know how many times those dastardly leaves attacked me in the yard. And if I didn't and have you my defended yourself rakes. off with the rake. Rakes are very important, folks. So that's sort of a public service announcement that we're going to do before the show gets started. So anyways, I'm just kidding. That was a corny joke. Look, the the, the thing about the rake, we're just going to jump right into it because there's so much to talk about. I did a show on Dogman Encounters uh, a while back. I think it was episode 247, 248, the, the, one of them two. We talked about the rake and some of the the, 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 the first time I'd heard about this, it was a while back. It was a f- some friends of mine that had gone hunting on some land that one of my cousins owned. And they came back with the crazy story. Now, the guy's stepbrother had gone out there the year before. I believe I believe it was like the year before. And he had an encounter with some dogmen. Well, his brother didn't really believe it. 
he didn't believe that there were dogmen. He he's, he laughed at him. He made fun of him even when I vouched for him and said, "Look, these things are real. I've uh, seen one myself. Well, I don't know what they are, but they're they're real." Um, he just kind of thought it was a joke. And I guess when I was a young kid, before I turned fifteen and saw what I saw, I thought that was a joke too, man. I just thought, you know, okay, a cadejo, a hombre lobo, whatever, wolf man. I don't believe in that. Or if if I did, if I would have believed in it, I would have been running around at midnight on Halloween. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Anyone who does believe in it, you know, you you, you get a uh, common occurrence of like people who do encounter it. They just stop doing whatever they're doing before, which is running in the woods or hunting, and you know. So you, once you see one of these things, it definitely does change your perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so anyway, what happened was for you, for those of you who didn't hear that show. The, the guy's brother went out there the following year during deer season. He asked me for a hookup, and I said, yeah, my cousin's got a place out there. You can go go hunt. And so, you know, he lets people go out there and use the land. He usually has people that will come out there. They'll pay him to go out there and hunt. It's really good whitetail hunting. But I vouch for them, so he just let him go for free because he's my cousin. What ended up happening was a pretty crazy uh series of events, him and another friend of mine, <clears throat> they worked for me at the time. They were bouncers at my club. This was years ago. Um, what is this? 2020. This was probably like 2003. So I'd say like you know, 17, 17 years, 17 years ago. In fact, I know it was 2003. So they, they went in, they went out there and they ran into this creature. Now what ended up happening with this creature it climbed up a tree. They, the, the one friend of mine saw it climbing up the tree, and he stared at it for a minute, and it stopped moving, so he thought, oh, I must be seeing things. But it was like a translucent, like pinkish color. Then it became like more white, if I remember what he had told me. Or it was white, then it became like translucent and pink. I think that's what it was. It started off like he saw it because it looked white, and it was climbing up the tree. And then it became like kind of pinkish, uh, translucent color, and it was wrapped around the tree. Have you ever seen like a flying squirrel? That's the, the way he described it to me, and he actually tried to draw it for me on a napkin. <laughs> He's not a bad artist. I don't have the napkin anymore. I had somebody the other day asking me to redraw the leprechaun that the little girl had drawn, and I'm telling you right now, I believe she was between six to eight years old at the time. I can't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure she was a better artist than me. <laughs> So um, my hands have all been busted up. My fingers, I haven't broken a lot of bones, but I have in my hands and my fingers in particular have been popped a few times because I boxed for years. I didn't, When you fight people and you hit 250 to 300 pound guys on the head for a living for a while, you know, you're going to break some fingers. You're going to mess some stuff up. Some of these fingers are all mangled and, and they they never even got looked at. I just let them heal so they're all crooked. But I can tell you right now, I'm not a good artist. Now, when I was younger, I could draw pretty good. Uh, my little my little nephew, Christian, he's a great artist. Artist And Tony, you're a great artist. Um, I'm all right. But... Uh, you're pretty good, but not uh, uh, not on my level as far as like my level is like uh, pre-K. And I'm talking like pre-K where they just take the crown, scribble up and down. Nah, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm worse than that. I can't even scribble. But uh, I just kind of laughed and I was like, I can't re- redraw this, you know. And folks, I don't have the napkin to show you what this thing looked like, 
But I can tell you, they gave me a very vivid description of it. Now, later, as they got a little drunker, because they came back to the bar and they, they started drinking because they were their nerves were shot. I could tell when they first got there, they were sober. They came in straight from the field, got to the bar about 11 o'clock, and both of them were pretty... Uh, they were eager to tell. They were eager to tell me what what had just happened, and it vindicated his stepbrother, who had told him that there was some weird stuff on that land. I remember being out there as a young man and being told of these of Sasquatch looking creatures, of these dog headed looking creatures. That there again, I just kind of briefly heard about that, and I thought it was just like more of these urban legends. Like when I was growing up in Taylor, it was like oh these dog heads, whatever. I I never really I paid attention to it. I ran around in the woods. I hunted and fished until I was, like I said, 15. And, uh, you know, I never really just, it wasn't even an issue for me. I never thought, like, you know, that this was something that was real, honestly. Yeah, I mean, because um, you never saw it. I mean, seeing no. is believing. That, that, that is a major, a really, you know, prominent saying is, you know, you can hear someone tell you all the time how the sun goes around the moon. Or how the earth is a square, but unless you see it yourself, you're not going to believe it, you know? The earth is square? No, just a, those are examples. But like, <laughs> examples? Okay. Uh, anyway. Just, like, just something like, you know, obviously not true, but if someone kept telling you that, you know, you're yeah, not going to believe, believe it. So, yeah, you're not going to believe it. Unless you saw it yourself. So here, here's what I'm going to tell you. Th- this creature that, that was on the tree... The way they described it was the the one friend of mine, he saw it first. He told the other friend, he's like, what is that? I mean, like, do you see that? Well, the second friend looked, and this thing had started to kind of blend in with its surroundings. And so it became more of a translucent with just some pink in the middle of it. Now, the other friend had some binoculars, and he looked through them, and he saw this, like, pink-looking material within this translucent body. They both gave the same description. It was wrapped around the tree. Uh, it wasn't a real big tree. It was it was spread out about uh, two feet. It wasn't a, it wasn't a humongous tree or anything, but it was it was like it was hiding. And then it turned its head around in a, at a three sixty, and they saw the face of it through the binoculars, and it crawled around to the other side of the tree. Then it got down out of the tree and started crawling on all fours, like it flipped its body around, jumped off of the tree, and it was like like inverted. Mm-hmm. That is a weird story. Uh, that was given to me and to three other guys that, that from the old days, they told us all that story and we were just kind of floored like, wow, that's crazy. But you know, so many weird things had already happened up to that point. It wasn't like we were just shocked, but it was, I had never heard of anything like that. I do have a friend who's now deceased. He gave me a crazy story that was given to him. Now he gave me this story years ago, like in the mid nineties. So I guess that would th- that would technically be the first time that I heard this story, but I didn't really put two and two together until I began to get like threads. You know what I mean? Like I said, I'll, I'll get a thread, and and then it'll be like two or three encounters or stories of the same thing. You're just constantly hearing about it. And you're going like, okay, I never believed vampires existed. I still don't know really if that's what they are, but we Tony knows uh, we have gotten stories of creatures that sound like vampires. I mean, it's like it's the closest description, you know. The closest I mean, description we can come we, up we with. We can come up with ourselves is like, oh, that that just, you know, makes sense as, to us. Is like, oh, if we had to put a name to it, that would be it. It would be a vampire. Yeah. Nobody has come forward and, and ever told me, I saw a vampire. I mean, that has, nobody's ever gotten in touch with me and said, I saw a vampire. Now, 
I guess I'm wrong. As since since that the episode about vampires aired, somebody they have come. People have given me stories and said maybe this was a vampire. So I guess I'm wrong in that way. You know, I guess th- they said, "Do you think this is a vampire?" But nobody has really come by uh, by me and said I definitively saw a vampire. It bit me and tried to drink my blood. No, they it, they have tried to attack people, but it, these people obviously were not. They were successful in getting away. That's why they had the story to tell. And a couple people who have come forward with those kind of stories that they've actually had someone else to verify it. Like one lady had her husband get in touch with me a couple days later, or he just did anyway. And he said, "Look, my wife's not a liar, you know." And and he was kind of concerned that I was going to tell the story and kind of make fun of it or something. I'm like, "No, I'm not going to do that." You know, I, I I wouldn't tell the story, you know, and if I thought she was, you know, full of, you know, whatever. But I honestly have not gotten anybody who's told me anything too fantastical when it comes to those creatures. Now, when it comes to the rake, I've got some pretty weird stories. Pretty weird creature. Pretty weird creature, yeah. And and somebody was telling me the other day that it was born of a creepypasta, whatever. So there's a whole vast... This is a very vast subject. That's why I don't want to waste much time getting right into it. I don't know what that is, if it could be a tulpa. If you guys at home know what that is, a tulpa is something that is created as a thought form. And I will explain that a little bit too. I mean, we discussed here a little bit, maybe what if they were just misnaming um, it, like misidentifying it. And we thought maybe like, oh, what if it was a Wendigo? A Wendigo. Now that that is another thing. I did watch. I don't watch a lot of paranormal type stuff or listen to paranormal. I don't, I don't really have time. I work a lot, I run my business and everything. But I did watch at the request of a friend of mine that runs a group or whatever. He told me, check out this show. And I got on there and it was about Wendigos. And I watched it with Nellie, my wife. And uh, Tony, you should check it out too. It's pretty good. It was on like on demand or whatever. Yeah, just send it to me. You can get on there on Roku, whatever. And it was pretty crazy. I can't remember the name of the show, folks, uh, right off the top of my head, because I don't really, I don't follow any one show in particular, because I just watch random stuff. But one of the encounters of this Wendigo was like rake-like. It was like trans. It was like a white creature. It didn't have antlers or horns. Now I am going to talk about Wendigo eventually because we have got a few reports of that enough to probably scrape a show together. But there again, I'm kind of torn when and I look at my files. I'm like, this is a Wendigo. This is a rake. This is a skinwalker. Okay. I don't know if they're all the same because I'm not an expert. Who am I kidding? Yeah, I'm an expert, folks. I'm just going to be real honest with you. I am an expert in all of this, and I know all about all of the conspiracies. Wow. This is news to me. I do. I actually I do. I do. I do. I know what a dog man is. I know what a ghost is. I know what UFOs and Bigfoot are. I know what all of this is. Jeez. I'm just going to lay it out there, dude. I'm a very smart guy, and I've pieced it all together. It took me about two days to discern all that. Wow. Okay. Yeah, which is long for me with my big brain. I'm I'm a very intelligent man and very humble. Whoa, you're not going to believe it. I just figured it out, too. And that little wow. time. Wow. You know I'm what, Tony? That's because you, you spending time with me, yeah. it's rubbed off on When me. you said that, I wasn't, but then I was like, I'm going to learn under this dude, and 10 seconds later, expert. That's how that works. That's right. It's very, you know what? That's very. See, Anthony, he has never really learned like like Tony just just learned it through ten seconds of meditation and silence. Anthony has never been able to do that. That's why he's not on the show talking. 
Well, first off, you have he to uses find, logic and all this other crap. Yeah, and, yeah, there's no need for that here. But first, you if you want to learn Anthony, first thing you got to do is just find and uh, make a post, and just in that post say as an expert, as then an expert. Immediately, yeah. you will and be you one. will be an expert. So yeah, and one and in a later show, you know, once I get really big, then I will tell you about what every one of these things are. Until then, I'm going to keep those secrets close to my to my chest. So that's yeah. how that's going to be. I do wonder if these things are all the same. Like I said, I, I wonder if they're all the same. Um, I do already know the answer to that, like I said, but just for sake of the show, I'm going to wonder. <laughs> but uh, in all seriousness, I, I, I think that they could be all of the same um, the, from the same category. There is a huge uh, gulf developing in this whole cryptid community about whether these things are supernatural, whether they're physical. I'm going to tell you right now, I think 90% of it, I used to say maybe 70, 75% of it was, was of some sort of ethereal nature. But I think 90% of this stuff is something that either comes in and out of our reality and that manifests itself as a physical creature, or it is just, it's all just, you know, some sort of spiritual being that manifests itself, you know, physical. I don't know. I don't know if these things are coming through portals or what. I, and most cryptozoologists that I talk to, and I talk to a lot of them, they really, really scoff at the idea that Dogman is a physical being. And there are a lot of people who don't like that. They get very, very agitated. I get more people from the physical side of it that get really, really ticked off just because what they saw looked physical. Now, by that logic, I would say that they were all physical too because the one I saw looked physical. But one thing I learned from living in a house that was full of, I would just preface it like with, with it was demonic. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it. a lot of the stuff that was going on in my house was ghost, demonic. I don't, I mean, I'll just be honest. It was demonic. I mean, there was like a lot of, these things can manifest in the physical way. They can do things. They throw things off the walls. They, they can physically attack you, people. I'm telling you right now, I got slapped on my back. I got hit in the head with a light fixture. Don't sit here and tell me that these these spiritual beings cannot manifest in a physical way and look completely solid and interact with us and do things that a physical creature can't because I just, I get, I'm getting to the point where I'm really starting to get aggravated with that. I mean, it's just, there's these researchers out there, these so-called researchers that are just determined to convince everyone that this is just some animal that's running around out there. And it's really... They say that the whole werewolf aspect of it makes us look silly. Well, I never say that they're a werewolf. I just said that's what they look like. I never said that they were changing shape and whatever. But to me, I'm to the point now to where the whole werewolf transformation thing sounds about as plausible as a physical dog man running around out in the woods that's always like that and whatever. And there are some people who have big shows, you know, who agree with me. And, you know, they may not come out and say it on the show, but they agree with me. And I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of researchers that, that the, pushing the whole dog man as a physical being, you know, whatever. And it's just always out there doing what it does as a physical being. First of all, we have no proof. We have zero proof of that, which makes me think that people are seeing this. People absolutely are seeing these things. They're seeing these creatures. They're seeing this rake creature. But we have no physical proof of any of it. We have people who have scars on them from being attacked. We have vehicles that have been chewed on and attacked. We have farmhouses that have been chewed on and attacked. In fact, there's a ranch that Tony knows about 
that they had f- very physical proof of these things. And, but there are no proof that that's what did it. I mean, you can say, yeah, there's proof right there, a physical proof that these things can manifest as physical. Do we have a specimen? No, we do not. Do we have anything, a tooth, anything that can say this is a physical being running around out there? Now, I do believe that there could be something to the whole dog-headed cynocephali. Um, That is the only thing, the only thing that makes me think that these things are completely physical being, whatever, is that there could be a population that was here at one time. Maybe they're not even from here. I would, I would, I would venture to suggest that they are not from here, that they came here from another realm. Them, the rake, you know, whatever. They came from another realm and they're here in a physical form. Do I think that they evolved here as this? Heck no. Where are the skeletons for this? Where is the proof of this? I don't believe that. Yeah, you don't go from like a four-legged timber wolf into like a two-legged animal without there being a middleman. Mm-hmm. I mean, something. there has to be something that shows like where it's mostly on four legs, but it can, you know, go on its two legs quite a bit and it's, mm-hmm. it's comfortable doing that. You don't yeah. just immediately evolve into this weird, you know, hybrid creature where like you have elongated arms and legs that are very human-like to where like, you know, you can grab with the arms and it can like, you know, swipe and it, it you know, it has a lot it, of... It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't. It has a lot more mobility to attack, you know, uh, on two feet. You don't just get that Im- immediately. Mm-hmm. Well, this whole rake thing, this thing moves around the same way. It's, it's locomotion can be upright. It can be on all fours. I've wondered before, is it skinwalker? Is it what they call a Wendigo? Is it something, a tulpa? Is it an alien? What if it's an alien? What if it was like, you know, just as Dogman and Bigfoot could be not originally from here. They could be something that's from, you know, from somewhere else too. I do believe that there is more plausibility to a Bigfoot being a completely physical creature. I have gotten enough reports of Bigfoot and Dogman interacting that I will say that they probably are physical at least part of the time. But they do things that are not physical. I mean, there was a girl that we had talked to for a while. We ended up not doing any of her stories or whatever because it was because at that time it was like such a mixed bag. And, but now looking back on it, that was a decision me and Sal made, but Sal is no longer here. So, you know, I'll probably revisit that. And I just, it was such a mixed bag. Like she was talking, she would talk about these things, like they were completely physical, but then they would do completely non-physical things. And Tony, I think you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. I think. And don't, don't say the name. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but, but, uh, do but she, you did do some research on that. You did the, the research. Yeah, I was, it was me and Sal that interviewed her, uh, I think. Yeah. And then we decided not to do it because Sal was like, well, I don't know, because it was such a mixed bag. So we as a team just kind of agreed, well, we're not going to pursue that because we wouldn't know how to, to. But now that we're doing, you know, we're, we're kind of just venturing into other types of territory. But these things are so, I don't know how to describe it, like. Supernatural. Supernatural. There's only thing I can think of. Lon Strickler, you know, thinks that these things are supernatural. Ken Gerhardt said the same thing. Because they, you know, they don't, you know, Vic on the interview that we did with him says he kind of vacillates back and forth. I just, uh, there there are a lot of talk show hosts that believe that they are supernatural beings. The physical people, they get very angry, very angry. And then they, if you try to suggest it was a Nephilim or from, from another dimension or if it wasn't, they get mad. 
And but there is the bottom line is, and the proof the, the proof is in the pudding. We don't have anything physical to say that the rake exists, to say that Dogman exists. We have lots and lots and lots of people's encounters. What I would like to say about the rake is it's such a weird creature, and the fact that it's pure white because you won't find that anywhere Mm-mm. in nature. A, like a pure white thing that's not near snow or a biome where it's white all around. Because, you know, Dogman, Bigfoot, they're very dark browns or they're they're blacks or grays. Things that can, you know, camouflage, camouflage in their mm-hmm. environment. Stand next to a tree and be hidden. Exactly. Yeah, and, and, and a lot of times these, uh, like somebody tried to tell me that these Dogman will be like the color of the trees around them. You know, yeah, like I mean, I'm sure. Typical gray, gray timber wolf looking, running around, around in, in the oaks, you know. I, I don't know about this this whole rake thing. I know that that I think that when, when these things take a translucent, you know, appearance, mm-hmm. when they're being looked at, that's a type of camouflage itself. Because the guys said that they could see through it, but that, but that there was like this pink inside of it, which I, I could only guess was some sort of organs or something. I would say that if they have to be in this world, you know, that they would have to be physical of some for, some form or another, at least temporarily, for you could be they could be seen. Well, you can't, you know, interact with anything unless you're physical. Like exactly. you can't harm us or you can't attack anything unless you're in a physical way. You know, and you have some kind of physical attributes to you. Uh, I'm sure, you know, whatever spiritual form they take is like if we think about it like dimensions, and they're on just like a different dimension than us, mm-hmm. to where we can still see them but we can't interact with them that they have to enter our dimension to be able to, uh, you know, make interact with us basically. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things I I was thinking about, like I said, I had a friend who's now deceased. He died, uh, you know, back in 2011 was, was one of my best friends. And he had told me a story back in the nineties, like the mid nineties that when his friend up near Rochester, they were out hunting up in up in upstate New York, and the same thing. Oh, oh no, I'm sorry. They were they were fishing. They were fishing out on a little like pond. It wasn't big enough to be called a lake, but it was a pond. Um, it was they called it a lake, but he said it was more like a pond. Let's put it that way. And two of his friends were up there, and they were fishing, and they saw this white thing floating in the water that at first they thought was just like a really big parachute or like a trash bag and that it just like floated up toward them and it just came slowly, slowly, slowly uh, floating toward them. And they're like, what is that? It looked like a floating piece of trash, like a white trash bag that somebody had uh, like, or or like an umbrella, you know? And he said that as it got closer, they started noticing that it was kind of moving. Like, like there was little movement underneath the water and it had a form of locomotion. And then they said that, as they be, they stared at it, it became translucent. But in the middle, where the spine and all that would have been, like of the, of it was an animal, yeah. that it was like pink, and it had like this pink looking like uh like a like a ex like a uh, not an ex but a skeleton. You could, it was like pink, you know what I mean? Like you could see the 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 the, the vertebrae flesh and, and all that it was like okay. pink, yeah. And then the the where the bones should have been, they saw like a pinkish flesh over. It was almost like a a skeleton with like a membrane over it. It was very odd. And they said that they saw this head come up. Now here's the description of the head. I'll give it to you in detail. The head was bul- was bulbous at the top and it was in the front of the creature. The eyes were like a skull, like how a human skull, they were just sunk in. You could see uh, the eyes were kind of like sunk back in. 
and you could barely see them. It was almost like too dark. Was it like hollow? Or yeah, was almost, it? but not quite. They okay. could see the eyes, but they were back up in it. And they had like this, like what, what looked like a membrane over the eyes. They didn't see the mouth until it, be, it, be, it began to get into the shallows and start to come up out of the water. At this point, they were already starting to run away, like run backwards, you know. And they said that as it started to emerge from the water, they could see a mouth. And this mouth, much like Ernest, who told us the story about the rake, which we're going to get into a little bit, the ones that, that were killed by the dogman. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, he, he told us a crazy story about that. This thing opened its mouth, and he, they said that it had just humongous needle-like teeth all the way around its mouth, and, the, and the, that the mouth wrapped around the lower part of the head. And this thing had like a tongue that was kind of flicking in and out, almost like a snake, but um, very weird. And then as they stared at it, it became white again, you know, and then it was solid white. And it and it did very much look like a flying squirrel, kind of like the picture that was drawn for me on a napkin. It was like, it was the same thing. So years later, when, when my friends told me about that story, I kind of, kind of, I had been drinking a little bit. So I kind of thought about it. I kind of dismissed it. And then one day I was just driving along and it just popped into my head. I don't know why. And I thought that could be the same thing. So I went and I revisited my friend from the 90s. And I said, can you get a hold of your friend? Uh, I'm not going to say his name. Can you get a hold of your friend uh, so-and-so and up in up in Buffalo and, and have him you know get in touch with me? So I got, I got this guy's story. And yeah, he it was pretty similar pretty much to what my friend had told me. Except there was a couple details that were left out when my friend told me, because that's what happens when you get something from second, third, hand, yeah. second hand and the second hand. He said that once this thing started to come up out of the water, that the eyes popped out and that they were black and that they came from the back of the head and to the front of the head and that the tongue wasn't flicking like a snake. It was just kind of coming out and like moving around in the air, almost like it was independent of the, of the rest of it. It was weird. That the, the, the tongue was blue, according to what he said. He said he got a really good look at it, and they had, they each had uh, rifles. He had a thirty out six and a pistol, and when they leveled the rifles at it, it kind of stopped and then slank back into the water and then dove into the water. So that is weird. Now, here's, here's the weird thing, or that's even weirder. There was a guy that I was friends with on Facebook, and I finally had to unfriend him because he was just... <laughs> He was a very negative person. <laughs> he was a very nice guy, and I had been friends with him for a long time. And then we were on friends with we're friends on Facebook, whatever. And he was into uh, weird stuff, whatever. He constantly poo pooed the whole dogman thing, but he claims he saw a rake, or what people call a rake. And I thought that was odd. Like he doesn't believe in dogman or werewolves or anything like that, but he believed in the rake because he saw it. Now that's the thing: seeing is believing, right? Yep. So he saw this thing and he said that he was convinced that it was a real creature because, and I was like, why do, why do you believe in it? And he said, well, because I saw one. Here's the funny thing. He saw it literally 43 miles from where my best, former best friends, his buddies saw it, theirs, in upstate New York. Same area. Same area. Guy went to school in Syracuse, at Syracuse and uh, anyways, they went to some uh, place for spring break, they they all went to go to this, I don't know, like some sort of like cabins or whatever, and they decided there was like a big pond or whatever lake. Could have been the same place for all I know, but he, he was pretty adamant that it wasn't. 
But the way it sounded was almost like it was the same, like a small lake. It had cabins there or whatever. And I was like, you sure this is in the same place? He's like, no, it's, 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 it's about 40 miles, 43 miles from there. Because he said he knew where this other place was. So that was weird because with this description he gave was just, I mean, it was so weird. It was like the same thing. This thing was in the water. They were on a boat fishing. This thing came up. It was cold because even though it's spring break, it don't mean nothing. You can call it spring. doesn't mean it is. It's still in the wintertime. And uh, they were out there fishing, and it was cold. It wasn't freezing, but it was it was pretty cold. And they see this thing start floating up toward their boat, and then they said they saw it like what looked like the uh, – it kind of folded up. Like when you close an umbrella, it just kind of went whoop and became really skinny, and, tra- and the, the, it was translucent, and then it folded up. And it was pink, the same description. I mean, every that's why I thought, you know, maybe that's the same body of water. So I questioned him about it. Kind of got aggravated when I asked him more than once because he was like, no, it's a different place. And I'm like, that's so weird because that's the same thing, you know. So anyways, this thing kind of folded up and its arms, if you want to call them that, were very thin and just very rail-like, came up. And then this bulbous head, the way he described it was like a normal lower human head. Then it goes into this bulbous part at the top and the eyes he didn't really get a good look at the eyes because they they got they started their boat and took off and got away from it and so he didn't really see it come out of the water no they had you mean like a light bulb kind of bulbous that that's the way he described it was like i asked him about that now and i asked him so many questions you know like i said he was kind of getting aggravated like i didn't believe him and i said look it's not that i don't believe you it's just a very unusual thing. Yeah, we have, you have to be thorough. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you And this was sure. only like five, six years ago when he told me that. What all brought it together was when our friend um, uh, Ernest, as we call him, not his real name, but told us the story of the dogman. And when he described that creature that had fought with those dogmen, it made me really, really think that there had to be something to this. It just made me think, man, that, you know, I told Sal and I told you, Tony and Anthony, y'all were all there, that when, after he'd left, that there was something very, very, very unsettling about that because it was like the way he described it was pretty pretty spot on to these other stories that I had gotten from people. Yeah, what's crazy about this interview is that me, Sal, you, Anthony, we all went to dinner with this guy. We mm-hmm. met him personally and he told us this story like to all of us personally. So it it was like crazy to see him just explain it and just like just look at us, all of us, and just, like, look us dead in the eye and just tell us it. Like, it was... He didn't never use the word rake, either. No, no. That was something we said. Yeah, he he lived down on a ranch, um, which actually is borders the Hernandez Ranch. It's... Or it did bordered it. It's like a, a piece of land that's close to there. And so, he told us this story about this rake-type creature with these dog man, whatever, that that's, that is where that happened. I believe. Was it, was it that one or was it near Houston? No, I think that one was, I think that one was near, near the Hernandez property. Yeah. It was near the Hernandez. Yeah. Well, and we'll get into that too. I wanted to do an update on the Hernandez ranch, but there is a story that I'm going to tell here and probably retell again that now this is another one. The one that Ernest told us was that these dog men were, were on the property and they had been running around on that property doing what they do. Not going to get into the whole dog man, what they were doing, whatever, because this isn't about that. I told that story on Vic's show. But this creature, the, one of the, the, as they called the alpha, had killed one of these rake creatures and had dropped it 
in the tree line and, and a couple of the guys, including himself, went out there and looked at it and saw it laying there. But then when they looked up, they saw these, these what was it, two or three dogmen in the tree line? Not very far from them. Yeah, it was like and three. So, just... Yeah, they didn't pull cameras out and start taking pictures. They just leveled their guns and slowly backed away. Well, I remember them saying they can't, remember? Because like, they recognize camera phones and they recognize mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, well, they didn't. From what I remember him saying at that point, they didn't even try. Because we oh, yeah, asked yeah. him, you know, why didn't you? And he, Sal, of course, asked that question. And he was like, I'm not going to sit there and with these other three creatures bearing down on us. I'm not going to sit there and try to take pictures of this whatever he said it looked very alien, like it didn't belong in this world. Like it just looked very unnatural. Not that the dogmen look natural themselves, but they look more natural than that thing. And uh, he just said it looked very unsettling. It was white, you know, almost translucent in certain spots, had humongous teeth, same thing, black eyes. People have said, too, that these things come from the inner earth. I had somebody that, that claims that, that one of them crawled up out of a well now, if you go to my interviews with Vic Cundiff, I, I talked about that in episode 58, I believe, of a, of a guy that worked for us who had, was uh, it was near a church and there were dogmen that came up out of a well, which makes me wonder if these things don't all just live underground. They could be from the inner earth. I mean, I'm a believer in the inner earth. I, I think there's validity to the whole inner earth theory. I, I don't know. Um, it would make sense. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the sunken in eyes, especially because of black, sensitivity, solid black. sensitivity to light, if they could, you know, sink back in and out, it would make sense that they would hide their eyes in a brighter climate or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, white skin, that would make sense for the white skin because it, it wouldn't really matter as much. Well, I don't, uh, I, don't I don't know. I mean, I have like, I'm, I'm, I'm torn between the whole ultra terrestrial, extraterrestrial, intraterrestrial. I, I, I don't doubt anything at this point with with these weird uh, cryptids and and whatever i I just i don't know here's what i'll say there was a story that i was given by someone who claimed that they moved into a property this happened in uh wisconsin and they were familiar with what they were familiar with dogmen uh the lady's husband was from michigan and they knew what a dogman was and they had they had heard the stories and things like that. She said that they never saw anything like that. They did hear weird howls and, and things in the night, you know, and whatever. But that one day, two, her three children were outside playing in the summertime. They had an old well that was cemented over at the top. They had one of those big cement like uh, things that had been put over it. It was an old farmhouse that was that was at one time would have been far out out of town. Now it was like on the edge of town. Like there wasn't there was a subdivision that was built not too far away, and there was this humongous cement slab over the top of the well. The kids heard banging on that cement slab, and as they were standing there watching, this slab gets knocked off 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 of this off of the top of the it didn't it didn't fall off right away but it got hit and it went off the top enough to where there was room for a, a, a hand like a white almost translucent hand appeared and began to shove the stone over and another hand popped up and she said that the, that her kids gave a very solid description of this thing they were sitting there watching it and they were really young at the age where the little one thought it was like a a, a real life cartoon that's what she said. Now, kids, when they're little, they, they like my wife was talking about when she was little, 
she literally thought that she could cut her finger off and it would grow back. Because when you're a little kid, you think you can fall from a canyon because Wile E. Coyote does it. Yeah, ignorance is bliss. Ignorance, well, not yeah, it can be. It can also be uh, very messed up if yeah. you yeah if you if you're a child. And and I know when I was a kid, there was all this debate about cartoons being too. Uh, deceiving for kids. I know back in the 80s, they were like, cartoons are making kids do stuff. When you're really, really little, you don't really have a good grasp on reality. So they just sat there and they watched this thing. They weren't afraid at first. They became afraid because eventually it, it, it pushed this cement slab over, pulled itself up out of this well pretty quickly. It had a round head. It had, this is what's weird. They said it had pink eyes. Now, I want to say that probably the membranous part was over the eyes, maybe because it came out in the sun. Yeah. And maybe, you know, it had to hide it or whatever. Yeah. That's what I was thinking because that's the part that was not the same. It wasn't, they didn't, you know, it was like this, these, these, these like bugging out pink eyes and it had a weird tongue. It had, it had sharp teeth and had like big teeth. And it crawled up out of this well and it jumped out on all fours and then kind of shook itself like a dog. And then moved, it flipped around, like over, like flipped itself over and began to crawl and it ran and crawled up a tree. The kids at first were, were like just kind of stunned. And then the oldest one, he, she panicked and grabbed the, the other kids. It was a little boy and a girl and got them to go inside. Uh, the two younger ones, they're only a year apart. They were like four and like five. And the older one, I think she said was like nine. The older one was already like, had already kind of run back to the house and then saw that the other two were just sitting there staring at it and not moving. So she got the courage to run back and grab them and get them inside the house. They told the mom about it. Now, I, I, I did tell her, I said, you know, it's a pretty fantastical story. You know, I mean, like, are, are you sure? I mean, because like a nine-year-old and a four and a five-year-old. Okay, come on. Yeah, how much can they really remember? Exactly. But she said that she had recently... Uh, her, her and her husband had gotten separated and her brother had come to stay there. And, uh, I guess the dad wasn't really, um, I guess he wasn't really welcome there at that time. And so the brother, her brother was there and he's kind of a tough guy. So he stayed out in a little shack, little shed, which she called it a shack, but it was, it was like a shed the way she described it, that they had converted into like a one room little apartment for him or whatever. And, uh, the night that, that, that they saw the night of, they saw that he slept in the house with them because they were, they were scared. She really thinks that the older child kind of made the other two afraid, you know, by her panic. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they didn't know any better and they saw, you know, their big sister getting scared. They were like, Oh, what's going on? Yeah. So then they freak it's like out. That. It's like when a kid like falls over and they, she just sits up and looks at you. It's not until you go like, oh, was, are you okay? Yeah, are you, you panic, panic they yes. start crying. And then they start lying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Leah did. I mean, your, my, your little sister. Yeah, my little sister I was does. about to say, your little sister was the expert at that. Like, you would uh, bump into her and she'd throw herself into a wall. And then I, I remember her, too. I remember she was driving down, just real quick, rolling. She was on a little scooter rolling down the street, hits a rock, does like a front flip, lands on her back, sits up, nothing happens, just grabs on, gets on the scooter, starts going again. But then, you know, I'll flick her on the ear and I, she thinks I broke her skull or something. Well, she was doing that to get you in trouble. Yeah, so this is overreaction. She, she, she's older now. She's not as bad. She, when she was little, she was a brat. Yeah. But, you know, well, I contributed to it too, spoiling her. You too. Yeah, I gave y'all everything for Christmas. So we all were to blame. 
but she's grown into being, she's a good kid. But uh, anyways, this isn't about your anger and hatred toward her for for being a a better kid than you. Uh, (laughs) This is about the rake. And so what happened was the guy said that he had to go outside to get something from the storage shed, a.k.a. his apartment. He was walking out there and he didn't think nothing of it, what had happened. He didn't, he didn't know how the cement slab had been moved, you know, from the well. He literally by himself being a 265 pound man could not pick that stone slab up and put it back on there. He was going to need help from their other brother who lived uh, like in town. So he said the next day we're going to cover it up and whatever. He looked down into the well, didn't see anything. But when he was walking out to his little apartment or whatever, he heard something shaking in the trees. Like he he literally, there were two trees that were kind of close together. He saw something like jump from one tree to the next. And he's like, did I just see that? So he shines the flashlight up there. He doesn't see anything. He flies back to the other tree. Then he see, he clearly, I mean, this thing jumped onto the roof of his shack. He shines the light onto the, the roof of the shack as it's crawling on all fours over the top of the roof and going down the other side. <laughs> he got a pretty good look at it. Even though it was dark, he had a very powerful sh- flashlight. He said that it was about 600 lumens, which is decent. And uh, he asked me if I knew about that. And I said, well, I'm, I, do, I run securities. So I know what that is. Yeah, we know all, about, we the all know about the lumens. And I was like, okay, so you saw it pretty good. Because uh, I, I did ask him. I said, yeah, yeah, flashlight, you know. And I wasn't trying to be a jerk and and, and debunk the story or put poke holes in it. But it is a kind of a, you know. It's your job. You know, it, is, it is my job to do yeah. that. And so people, when, you, when, you, when we talk, and a lot of you have talked to me, I'm not trying to be dismissive. I'm not trying to be um, a jerk or anything like that. I just got to know that when I put a story out there that I don't have somebody come back later on and be like, uh, that's not what was said or they trolled me and then they just use it as a way to, you know, to get, you know, to make me look stupid for believing it or whatever. Yeah. And it's also important to know the details. That's one of the main things that makes you such a good storyteller. I think is because you ask for the details and you're, you're very specific on the details. Like you, you care a lot about that. Mm-hmm. And Tony, you, you know, you're private, you're privy, as I was corrected by someone the other day in the comments, you're privy to a lot, like the emails and you get a lot of the stories. I'll, I'll go over them with you. Um, even when Sal was the host, you were, the, you, you know, you were privy to a lot of it because you helped us put the show together. And so, you know, that we get a lot of crazy stories. Well, this guy saw it and what he saw very much matched the description of what the children saw. The way it crawled, it looked like it just had four legs, but the legs ended in hands. That's what he said. Like four, like standing legs, or four, like legs? four legs. Like it was crawling on four legs. Well, I'm saying like four, like two legged, mm-hmm. and they but, just but had that, four but, of them. But, but the, the the legs look like the the bottoms of them look like hands, kind of mm-hmm. like. He said that they looked like they had it had like these almost like a spider appendages at the bottom of the hands. And that the backward, the, the legs were the hawk type, uh, hawk, like a, like, a, like, a, like a dog's like legs, back legs. Did not get a good look at the head. And it crawled down the other side of his shed. He stayed in the house for a few days. Yeah, I would too. Then he said that he eventually got the nerve to go back out because he's a brave guy. He's a tough guy. And so he decided to go back out there and stay. Now, her husband eventually came by unannounced, wasn't supposed to. Um, had very specific days he was supposed to see the children and things like that. He dropped by and announced, and he was out in the driveway. And then all of a sudden, 
He just pulls out and peels out and drives out as she starts to come outside, which was weird. And the the next day, um, she tried calling him. He didn't answer. The next day, she she call he calls her while she's driving, whatever. And she's like, "What do you want?" You know. And he's like, "Look, I, I'm gonna tell you something. Uh, you got to leave that place. I saw some sort of demon." Okay, she's like, I he's, he told her, he's like, I saw it crawling down into the well. I saw this thing run across the yard, stand up on two legs, spin its body around, and then go down into the well. He's like, I don't want my kids there. He's like, I, I just, he goes, I, I had to process what I saw. And he did tell her, he admitted, he's like, I had been drinking, and I'm sorry for dropping by unannounced. He goes, I just wanted to see the kids. I miss you. I miss the kids, blah, blah, blah. He did have a problem with that, with drinking. So, but, but here's the, the messed up thing. Like, even if he was a drunk and even if he was drinking, he did not know anything about what his, uh, children had seen a few days prior to that. He didn't know what the brother saw. He didn't know what his, his brother-in-law had seen because they didn't tell him. So you got this whole weird dynamic going on with the family and all that. He and the other brother and the brother that lived on the property, it took all three of them to put that cement slab back on that well. Point. It could just lift it by itself. Yeah. Again, so. Well, they they also decided to put like a metal, like a a metal rim ring or whatever around it. I don't know. They 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 sealed it off. He said. Um, they welded it like a, a metal ring. They and they welded it together to keep it, you know, on there. And you know, after that. Nothing else happened. The kids were told to stay far away from it. They did claim that a couple times they saw the, the, the cement move a little bit, like it was trying to come back out. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sorry. I was going to let you go ahead and finish. No, go ahead. Well, I was just thinking, like, maybe it's not, if it isn't like an underground creature which where, like, it just lives underground, but maybe it is very sensitive to light, so that like, it, that's just its hidey hole. And, like, it found that. Mm-hmm. And it just lives in there, but like, and then they just trapped it in there. Well, I asked this question, and I bring it all together for you, folks. I asked her, the mom, when when did you guys move into that place, as opposed to like when this thing came out of the well, because this thing may have been going in and out of that well for a while, and the the people like the realtors or whoever might have been going over there to sell the place and then saw that the cap was off, got some people to put it back on there and then it kept coming off, whatever, you know? So that's the question you had to ask, or was it just like it found a passage and it went up into it and decided to come up into that abandoned well and open the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like what is very important question? Like a, it found that as a hiding spot or is it that was it recent or had it been always doing it? You know, that was the question I wanted to, wanted answered. And so she told me that it was, they had only been staying there for about two weeks when that happened. So if it was traveling in and out of that thing, it probably would have gone in there more before two weeks. But then again, we don't know the habits of these creatures. Maybe they just come out to feed every month, once a month or every two weeks. Yeah, I mean, based on its size, it doesn't look like it needs a lot of nutrients. I mean, they seem very skinny, Mm -hmm. very emancipated. I mean, emaci- very emaciated, emaciated, not emancipated. emancipated too. <laughs> emancipated proclamation. They're free now. <laughs> You're free. Go and kill and eat. Uh, th- these things go in and out of the, of, of, of water. Very similar descriptions, folks. I mean, I get like very similar descriptions. 
I have gotten a few descriptions of these things with like horns, which makes you know. But I kind of put that in the Wendigo category, and I'm gonna I'm gonna save that for another show because those sound very much like a Wendigo to me. I have been getting stories for 30 years, and I can tell you right now, I've, it's ramped up a lot since I've gotten the show, and I've been on Dogman Encounters, and since I was on BDRP, I was on Venomous Fringe. Every time I go and do a show anywhere, I, I get more encounter because I let people know, hey, send me your crazy stories. I'm not a one-trick pony. I'm not just here to do Dogman, okay? And there's a lot of ghost uh, ghost material. Folks at home listening, if you have friends that have ghosts, that like ghosts, send them my way. Send them to my show because uh, that's a very vast audience. And one thing, the Dogman audience, not knocking you, man, believe me, you know, I, I love the Dogman people. But it's a very uh, small fringe of the paranormal. Yeah, it's like a niche. Part it's of the a niche, yeah. yeah. A niche, niche, whatever. But, the, but the, the ghost groups, you know, they have like 160, 180,000 members, you know, 200,000, you know, whereas the Dogman groups are lucky to get a few thousand. And so, you know, you get. Um, I think like Dogman Believers is probably the one of the biggest ones. It's got like six thousand people. Dogman Believers only. So you got like these humongous this this audience. And so somebody was saying the other day, well, if you believe that Dogman are a spiritual being, then you're crazy. You've never seen one. I don't believe that because most of the people who are into the paranormal of like the spirits and all that they're going to be more open to the idea that this thing could be a spiritual creature than a living flesh and blood creature that we just cannot absolutely pin down and have any proof of whatsoever. I mean, you said it earlier, it's like, where's the biology, you know, where's the, yeah. bi- bio- uh, the proof biology wise, mm-hmm. you know, and, just- and even less so for rake. I mean, the, the sightings of rakes have increased recently, which makes me think that there's something to it. Uh, the stories are always very similar, you know, but, if you if you think about it though, rakes are often seen in the same territory as a dogman. I had somebody that sent me a big old long dissertation on it the other day, and I did read it, even though I don't always have time to just read big old long letters, you know, whatever. This person was very adamant, and and it caught my attention. What he said was, or actually, you know, what she said was, what she said was, she believed that these things are dogmen. Really? Yeah. She claims that that these things are a type of skinwalker, that that's in its base form, okay, and that they can morph from that into a dogman. And when the dogmen fight with these rakes, it's intertribal, inter, intertribal, you know, it's metaphysical warfare, but it's like skinwalkers fighting other skinwalkers. Mm, that that the dog man to try to catch him in in that form is what she claims. She also claims to be a former like a, she's a she's former military, but she's also a Native American. I don't want to give to me you know whatever about her identity, but yeah. And she told me that, and she's like, people don't get it; they don't know that these are the same thing, and that it is black magic. You know, here's why I would say this: if now if it was just one person that told me that, I would think that's okay, whatever. But as you know, Tony, I have uh, two or three friends that are Native American. Chief. Uh, one, yeah, Chief's part, um, Scorpion's part. No, I'm talking like I got I got a couple friends. My friend's ex-wife was, uh, was you know, she's half. They, they, I had a couple of them tell me point blank that, 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 that people have no idea. Like they just have no clue what is really going on. And that these things, they're, they're all 
basically a shape-shifting type. And this is what this person told me. And uh, he was a Ute, a Ute Indian. Told me that uh, the Navajo are big into that. They're their big enemies, whatever. And that they are big into the shape-shifting and the black magic. And that they use this magic to shape-shift. And that when they're in an intermediate state, it's almost like they look like a piece of clay. And that it can become whatever they want it to be, a deer, an elk, an owl, a, a, a wolf, a coyote. And that sometimes when they, they, they get caught in mid-transformation, they just, they just move around like that. Because it takes less energy to do that than to go the, the full transformation. And that they can do whatever they do. And that's, that's for another show we're going to get into eventually um, about skinwalkers and, and about... I have a theory. I don't know. You know, it's just me thinking about in my head. But I remember when you were talking about the Hernandez Ranch. I don't remember if it was the Hernandez Ranch or another ranch, but it's the one where I don't want to say the name in case it's his actual name, but they caught they they stripes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stripes. You remember how they he said that stripes was like losing hair and it was very like it was it was like starting to become like very weird looking. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's because it's too far away from his pack. So what if these rakes that we're seeing are actually like exiled dogmen and that when they become too far away from their pack, they just start devolving into like this weird creature? Well, I mean, okay, then what? Okay, so by that logic, these things could be a dogman that went underground, kind of like the time machine with, what is it, H.G. Wells? Isn't it H.G. Wells? And he goes way into the future and those, those, uh, the creatures that lived under the ground became like blue looking almost. They were so translucent. They became blue looking and that they started using the humans above the ground as food. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Because they, they became like a completely different species and yeah. they looked malformed and weird. Yeah. Um, that's the only way that that would be plausible because you don't really hear about these things having a pronounced snout. Like it would be a dog man would have a snout. Yeah, I mean that that's the only reason I didn't think of that. It was like, oh, it, you know, I don't really think it'd be a dog man if it has like well, a the, the, jaw the, like that. I think what, what it, she was trying to say was that these things that is their base form for out a of shapeshifter. Yeah, for yeah. a shapeshifter. I understand that. Yeah. But I was thinking, like, you know, if you take a dog's snout and then you move it back, the jawline would still go all the way back to the back of the head. If you mm-hmm. took like you know a dog's mouth and just put it on a person and you remove the snout. That's a long line, so that would make sense to, to where, like, why its head is so weird looking like that. Mm-hmm. This is obviously just a theory that I'm we're speculating, of. folks. Yeah. We're not, so I mean, there's no, there's none. To <laughs> prove of that. Although I am an expert on this, completely. we're both experts. We're all experts. We you at home are experts. We're all. Everyone's an expert. Everyone's a researcher. Just everyone's make sure an expert. You say that as an expert because yes, you know, like we said, that's the only real proof that you are one. That's the pr- that's the the disclaimer. You also have to have one other person say that you are an expert. So I say that Wolf is an expert and he yeah. he calls me an expert. So we've, you know, we've been through the trials. Yeah, yeah. But you got to have a disclaimer though in some case somebody catches you, yeah. you know, yeah. off guard. Just yeah. be like, like as an expert, I, with, I, I hold the right to change my expert status. Exactly. And you also hold the right to, you know withhold the correct information you don't have to tell everyone exactly the world's not ready for it so if you're, you're not wrong you just you know help withheld that information <laughs> yeah okay so folks um man i got some more rake stories too man we, we've already hit the hour mark and uh i'd like to come and do some more talk some more i got a couple pretty crazy ones that we didn't even get to touch on but 
this is episode, I guess we're just going to, it's going to be about the rake, I guess. And the, the dog man rake connection, maybe. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. So folks, th- that's all the time we have for today. Das Wolfman 88 at gmail.com. Das Wolfman 88 at gmail.com. Me and Mushu over here laying it down for you. Like we said, we're experts, folks. The only real experts in all of the fields of cryptozoology, paranormal, parapsychology, Anything that's weird and unusual, UFOs, Bigfoot, you have us right now telling you that we are the only true experts. And before people start saying that we're self-proclaimed expert, I just disprove that by saying that I proclaim Wolf as an expert. And yes, and I proclaim to- uh, exactly. Mushu as an not expert. Self, it's not self. You so can't we're, say we're endorsing one another as experts. Exactly. Um, please like and subscribe on YouTube. Thank you for listening. You know, <laughs> and, and If you have a nice comment and you want to say something, if you have your own new theories about it, just go ahead and comment in the comment section yeah like and subscribe and comment on youtube whatever or any of the other platforms that we're on you know if you want to comment on it or whatever but if you're gonna have something negative to say then you know screw off we don't want to hear it <laughs> actually you do we, we don't mind go ahead see what, let's see what we'll you just got. delete it we'll just delete it but it we'll, we'll read us, it we'll read it and yeah, then it might we'll, give us a nice uh, chuckle who knows make fun of you, you know. <laughs> we'll just let our attack dogs go after we have rabid fans mm-hmm. so anyway Anyway, we'll let you go, guys. Uh, we love our fans. We hope that you all go out and get you a nice PRT uh, shirt. I know the weather's going to be warming up, so maybe not a hoodie, but hey, get a hoodie for next winter. Who knows? Or get a mug or a phone get case. Get a mug or a phone case, whatever, but get something with a sticker. Help us promote the show. You know, anything you can do to help uh, helps us. And good night. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I forgot to say it. From whatever spaceship you're being abducted by, Whatever Bigfoot is chasing you, whatever ghost is rattling change in your attic. Whatever well you're climbing out of. <laughs> whatever wells, whatever creatures climb out of a well to chase you right now. Have a good night and good luck with all that. <laughs>